coming up this week? Off screen. Dwayne Johnson goes on a rampage. Sam Worthington becomes a titan. The circus looks grim when I fall. Marlena gets to murdering in four acts. A marriage gets frosty in custody. And it's a bad day for Russia in a gentle creature. All those to come and more off screen. This is This is Off Screen. Off screen. latest film news and reviews this is off screen the on-screen radio show Welcome to Offscreen, I'm Van Connor. And I am Case Allen. Welcome back, Mr. Allen. We've had a... Welcome back, Mr. Connor. Mr. Easter break, you know, it's been uh, it's been yeah. relaxing. It's, it's been nice. I, uh, I uh, had a lot of chocolates. I <laughs> watched a lot of films. I too partook yeah. in the chocolatey arts. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's... That, now, that, now was the time. That well, sounds quite deviant when you say it's the chocolatey arts. The chocolatey arts. arts. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah it's, it it's, like, it's like the worst lesson at Hogwarts, that, isn't it? <laughs> it really Ma- is master of the uh, chocolatey arts. That's the one where the teacher gets killed off every year and they have to replace them. Yeah, Kenneth Bryaner and then... Yeah, it totally is. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, loads of stuff to come this week. We've got six movies. Four of them are in uh, foreign languages, funnily enough. Oh, well, nice. Well, I, I happen to speak one language. I, too, indeed speak a language. Uh, <laughs> and it's up to you to uh, figure out which one. <laughs> Is it English? We'll find out. <laughs> uh, right, so, I mean, loads of stuff to come. Loads of foreign language films. Actually, some really, really interesting foreign language films as well. And some interesting English language films as well. So both of our English language ones are actually fairly decent and interesting this yeah. week. And one of those does involve Dwayne Johnson. So Who's an interesting man? And my news, my first piece of news, is about interesting man Dwayne Rock Johnson. The most interesting man in, in the Iron Paradise. Three times winning. I, exactly. think, I think that's, that's his current title. What, what, has, what has DJ done this week, then? Well, you know all that, like, all that hullabaloo was going on around the fate of the Furious. Oh, was this Candy Asses? Is this when he, he called candy someone asses. a Candy Ass on, on Instagram or something? Yeah, he didn't name names, but everyone knew that it was Vin Diesel. <laughs> Pretty much everyone knew, yep. Yeah. Yep. So now he's kind of, he's addressed it. Kind of head on for, it, for the first time. I read this interview. Yeah. And all right, it's, it's not up there with Quincy Jones's interview because, you know, that's, I think we all know that's the greatest interview ever. of all time. It'll never be topped until yeah. Q does another interview. Well, exactly. I mean, yeah. that is, for, for, for now, that's hip hop's uh, Frost Nixon. Yeah. Um, Alexander Despois is his brother. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the takeaway. The Beatles can't play instruments. <laughs> and uh, Marlon Brando <laughs> and Richard, and Richard yeah. Pryor were very friendly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yes, but obviously this is not quite to that level. Uh, Dwayne Johnson did a, a pretty interesting interview. Was it Rolling Stone or something like uh, that? Yes, it was. He was he's on the cover of uh, this month's, or just this, the, the current issue of mm-hmm. Rolling Stone. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was an interesting uh, interesting piece. He did address that controversy, I did see. Now, mm. if I'm reading this right, it, did it not come down to a difference in working standards, a difference in professions, something like that? Essentially, yeah. He said that they had a chat in his trailer, which oh. sounds ominous, Does and I wish that I was like a fly of a wall in that trailer. <laughs> I want to know. I just want to know what happened. Thing is, right? I can guarantee you. You just know. Dwayne Johnson never got aggressive, raised his voice, or even looked angry. I bet he literally sat there the whole time. Let me explain it to you how I see it, yeah. brother. What I think is, you just know it was a gentleman's chat, but with a lot of uses of the word brother. Yeah. And and the other party will be. I might, I might be the occasional sir as well, maybe. Yeah, I yeah. I would yeah. talk. Yeah, I talk about because you know he's got to be the politest man yeah. in the world. I I totally respect you, brother. But listen to me, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think in that <laughs> same interview, they, is it, is Brad Payton, who he did, who's done Rampage with, who he did uh, San Andreas with, I think said in, yep. in the same interview, mm. he's quoted as saying, the closest thing I've had to an, the closest thing I've had to an in, in, incident involving him 
you know, and any kind of behaviour is when we screwed up our schedule and he wasn't going to be able to make his flight home to his family on time. And instead of getting angry, he simply called us all around and said, I'm very disappointed. Can we do, can, is there anything we can all do together to fix it? Yeah. Like, it absolutely sounds like what I imagined Dwayne Johnson is like just to work with. Just quite amicable and just, yeah. just seems like he's a man who wants you to find the solution to a problem. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. and that, that solution might be not being in Fast 9, which would upset me greatly. But he has said, hasn't he, yeah. it, it might not happen. Well, he might not be in it. It's definitely going forward, because oh, yeah. ain't nothing stopping the family. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he himself may not return. He apparently he might not be put all of his effort, uh, he's putting all of his attention at the moment onto the, the Dwayne Johnson, Jason Statham spin-off movie of the Fast Yeah, the years. Hobbs and Shaw I'm sure. I'm sure. Just called, let's just call it Hobbs and Shaw now. I think. I think it, it seemed to be implied that that actually was the title. Like, cool. I, I think mean, that's it. I'm fine. I mean, what else are you gonna call? Why it? not? Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. I, I would hope that they do that, and then he comes back for the last fast film. I would think something like that. Yeah. So let's plug our, our podcast edition for the week then. Uh, iTunes, Deezer, Acast, whatever your podcast platform of preference is, go on there, get the extended version of the show where we just cram in a bit more news, more reviews, things like that after the end credits. And uh, so if you've heard it on radio and you think, why didn't they cover that obscure German drama that I was really looking forward to? Yeah, I've been waiting yeah, all day for that. It's on It's on the podcast edition. We haven't stiffed you. It's It's there. We have included it. It's yeah. fine. It's I want to know all edition. about... Bavarian tea house cinema, yeah. I, I know so little about Germany, I couldn't even think of it. I don't know why I would be Germany title. and Bavaria yeah. as, 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 as the, the first default das, foreign language. Das Fledermaus. Something like yeah. that. But uh, yeah, so they're all on the podcast edition and there's some Nicholas Cage yeah. goofery turned and, in. In case well. might uh, continue to uh, offend all of Germany. Yeah, well, that's, that's, I think, I don't know what our figures are actually like in Germany. I could find out. Anyway, um, thing, yeah. let's talk about someone who I'm sure is big in Germany as he's big in, in most countries, it seems, for some ungodly reason. Sam Worthy. It's James Cameron's fault. How? Yeah. How did he come out of nowhere to become a star overnight? Then he's sort of gone away, but he's never quite gone all the way away. So Sam Worthington is just always around. Well, we always have this actor. We have we have your Sam Worthingtons. We have your your Joel Kinnamans. We have your Army Hammers. Yeah, Army Hammer is not there. Hey, he's, crossing, right he's, name. he's crossing over now, but he was that guy for a long time. Have you seen the trailer? We'll talk about this later. Have you seen the trailer for um, a film called Sorry to Bother You? Yes, yes, I oh, have, man. and I cannot wait. Is that not um, who's the guy from Get Out? Lakeith Stanfield, Lakeith and uh, yeah. Tessa Thompson. But um, who's who's the yeah. one in that line? Uh, uh, Jai Courtney. Oh, we see, I can't wait. Yeah, I absolutely. How can't will wait. these people get involved? I, I, well, not not Tessa Thompson. Obviously, we love Tessa Thompson. But, She's incredible. Uh, yeah, but Jai Courtney. Yeah, you just they just they're always around, and if you've got like a big blockbuster sequel, and you've got a big role in it, and you you can't be bothered to cast it properly. Yeah. You get you, that person. You get one of those. You get like Jai Courtney to be John McClane's son. That's absolutely that's, how it goes. That's what happened. For everyone that, like, you know, wants to block it out of their minds. <laughs> Just remember, that happened. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> so, that that what happened. Matthew Bodger killed a guy. <laughs> so, oh, God. Yeah, that's a horrible story. And, yes, I absolutely remember it. Um, yeah, so let's go back to Sam Worthington, though. He's in a film. Um, and that film is called... The Titan! Brought it back. Okay, we brought it back. We've, we've reined it all in. Okay, so Sam Worthington stars in The Titan, which, imagine if you will, the Sci-Fi Channel decided they wanted to remake The Fly, but they wanted to make it with aliens, and they wanted an art house director and a reasonably sensible cast to bring it to life. Oh. Okay, that is The Titan. No joke, that's actually how I would describe it. So, um, the general plot is you've got a husband and wife, <clears throat> uh, Sam Worthington and Taylor Schilling from Orange is the New Black. Um, they and their child relocate to a 
covert NATO base in the middle of... It's never actually described as to where it is. Um, they're going to live on this base in relative secrecy. He is going to be experimented on by the uh, by NATO scientists in order that he might be the first of a group of effectively terraformed humans who will go to the planet's, uh, planet Titan, which is one of uh, Saturn's moons, and set up a colony where human the human race can move to and relocate before the Earth kills us all. And I'll tell you what, here's a clip of, uh, what's his name, Tom Wilkinson actually explaining that plot for us. Our resources have been depleted. In ten years, half the world's population will have starved to death. Half the planet will be uninhabitable. But there is one place that gives us hope. The largest moon of Saturn. What if Titan could become our home? You will become enhanced humans. Most of you will fail. Some people will break during the training. You're talking forced evolution. I'm talking survival of the species. Tom Wilkinson there as the head of the the science program. So... uh I, I, the fly comparison is one you can't avoid coming back to in this. It, it very much is like that. Only imagine if the Gina Davis character was more present and more mm. involved in the changes that were going on. That's what you've got here with Taylor Schilling's character. Yeah, Taylor Schilling. And she actually herself, within the confines of the script, she herself is actually a, med- uh, a medical doctor as well. So she is able to basically keep up with, keep involved in the plot. It's not just a wife character they sort of scoop aside to occasionally bring out and have a crying scene. She is actively involved in the what are you doing to my husband plot. And obviously the whole thing is, you know, they all know that this is being this this whole change is undergone, undergone for a specific reason. That obviously he's going to evolve, etc. If you've seen the marketing, I feel very bad for you. I had seen the trailer, and it does ruin what should be the most shocking stage of the movie. See, I've, um, I've not seen the trailer. I've uh, I've seen the poster for it, and um, I mean it spoiled it because I now know that Sam Worthington's in it. <laughs> That's <laughs> understandable. Yeah, why would and you I, try to sell me a Sam Worthington film that's got Sam Worthington in it? Why, funnily why? enough, this does come from a German director, by the way. This comes from Leonard Ruff, um, whose work I'm not familiar with. He did Nocebo a couple of years ago, which I have heard of, but I've not seen. Um, like I say, though, he has directed it with this wonderfully artistic, uh, very much I want to this to be taken as serious art kind of an eye. But he's done that in spite of the fact that the film can never escape, feeling like a sci-fi channel reboot of The Fly done with aliens instead of flies. Mm. Um, the cast are in on this and and it works they lean so hard against the silliness that they almost they basically prop it up quite well um they no one ever breaks there's no sense of irony to it or anything like that and it's quite it's quite well balanced that it that it doesn't have that uh sam worthington genuinely is good on a level i have never seen him be, be good before um the only other thing i've enjoyed him in anywhere near close to this much was man on a ledge like six years ago i quite enjoyed it i, I like just, that he was just kind of pulpy and a bit fun yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but at the same time though you could feasibly replace him with any number of actors and that still would have worked could have replaced him with Jack Courtney could have replaced him with Joel Kim <laughs> Army Hammer yeah, yeah totally and would it would have been much better it would have been yeah probably Hammer. yeah because you know call me by your ledge anyway uh, call me by your ledge <laughs> Anyway, um, I do think this is really good. It's got a pretty, a pretty intriguing supporting cast. Taylor Schilling, I only really know from Orange is the New Black. Not really familiar with her otherwise. Oh, she was in that that Adam Scott film. Oh, Jason's what? The Overnight. Oh, the Overnight. Overnight. Yeah. yeah, she's really good in that. She was good in yeah. that. Yes, that was a long time ago. It was about four years ago we did that. It was a good few years yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, Tom Wilkinson, I like very much as a sort of not quite a sympathetic, but a very academic yeah. I like antagonist. That, I like to think that it's the same Tom Wilkinson scientist that's in uh, um, Eternal Sunshine. And it could entirely be. Yeah, shady universe. We have also got uh, Agnes Dean in there and Natalie Emmanuel as well as... Uh, oh, Miss Andy. Uh, Natalie, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. As um, 
Sam Worthington's uh, sort of co co trainee, as it were, classmate, colleague, mm. uh, peer. I don't know. I guess, yeah. Searching yeah. for words. Um, yeah, um, I, associate. Associate. Yeah. I did really enjoy it. I think it sells its concept really well. I know it's going to Netflix in other countries. I don't know if it's going here. We just have the official I, yeah, release date. It's just got an official release date of this week, so it could be a limited theatrical and then a Netflix. Um, I recommend it. I think it's really good. I think if you're looking for something um, not sparkling original, but impressively put enough put together uh, in your drama, sci-fi, Black Mirror type category, definitely check it out. Um, if I'll get a pigeonhole it as anything, I'd say it feels quite close to a mid-90s Outer Limits episode. I'd, um, probably, I'd probably watch that if yeah, I had a spare two hours or whatever. But absolutely worth checking out. I really enjoyed it. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen. Ah, we're back, Mr. Allen. So, um, do you fancy going to the circus? As long as I'm not watching uh, Great Showman, Showman, then yes. <laughs> that got an honest trailer this last week, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I watched it yesterday. It's really good. It pretty much sums up how I feel. I like the film. I'd watch it again. It's not a good film. <laughs> and this is where P.T. Barnum first got the idea to enslave elephants. Yeah, that's right. P.T. Barnum enslaved elephants. <laughs> <laughs> right, so let's talk about uh, Even When I Fall, which is a new documentary. Um, this uh, It comes from Kate, uh, Kate McLaren. This is the story of Nepal's first circus. Oh. I thought yeah. it was going to be like like a Dick Grayson origin story. No, no, sadly Bat- not. Batman forever. I feel like we'll get that in the Nightwing movie. You know? Oh, <laughs> and that turns yeah. out. We get flashbacks of it. Uh, no, this is actually the other end of the seriousness spectrum. This is the story of Nepal's first circus, which was set up by survivors of child trafficking, who it turns out historically have something of a connection to circus. They have often been sold into circuses. And what we get to see through the course of this documentary is how they how the survivors of this order deal go about establishing their own because they've all got circus training obviously they've been liberated they've been sort of freed from and the idea is they have this skill set why not use it and and make it stand for something more positive more affirming and good god this will put you through the emotional ringer like you've never been sadder to see a circus in your life but at the same time overjoyed that they've pulled it off it's a, a real juxtaposition of a feeling to have at, at, you know in 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 the face of something that's traditionally associated with you know good good times in childhood and things like that um it was really insightful most of it's subtitled and uh, it's, which which language is it in sorry again uh, off the top of my head off the top of my head i couldn't actually tell you nepali Ah. According to uh, language spoken, Nepali, yes. Um, which I'd, I'd never really heard spoken aloud because obviously when you watch this stuff in Hollywood films, you tend to be focusing on like Brad Pitt, for instance, talking to the Nepalese people <laughs> in subtitles and getting over the fact that he sounds ridiculous. It's doing it in his accent. Um, but uh, so, so I'd never really heard Nepalese before. This really, really moved me, to be honest. I, uh, I came away, I didn't know anything of the subject. I, I, I was absorbed by it. I was taken in the stories of the individual characters as they go through, or they, they go through their individual tales, mm. what were, absolutely jaw-dropping at times and the stuff in there that no human being should ever have to you know, hear about let alone you know go through i cannot I can't imagine and yeah i came away from it lump in throat <laughs> more than a little moved thinking that was the bleakest time i've ever had at the circus but by god what a fantastically made doc um very tidy 90 minutes as well i think it's 93 uh once you, you know, for credits and everything it's 90 minutes per 90 minute purposes um it is worth checking out absolutely 
absolutely. I, I, I was just really drawn in. Sounds by it. very interesting. It, it, not a subject. If I, if it's one of those things where someone says to you, "Do you want to hear the story of Nepal, Nepal's first circus?" Do you know what this is? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is that this, conversation, isn't it? This is what, what was what was that film we saw a couple of weeks ago? This is Islands of the Whales. Yeah, Islands of the Whales. Like yeah. no one expects that to be very, the good documentary. very good documentary. Not subject matter that you would ever want to just not look the into. Easiest sell. No, but yeah, if you get the chance to see, uh, even when I fall though, just absolutely check this out. This is really, really intriguing. Uh, so over to you for sort of a quick piece of film news, if you will. So what have you got for me? Right. Um, do you know uh, Nick Cage? Nick Cage? Yeah. I'm vaguely familiar with Sir Nick of Cage, yes. Yeah, with with his... Of, his, the, of the Venice Beach Cages. The Venice Beach Cages, yeah. yeah. Of the uh, fantastical uh, Hungarian castle cages. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> what the, has Sir uh, Nicholas of Cage done to us now? Um, he, um, he, he was given an interview somewhere a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously he was going to be Superman at one point. Yes, and, I um, remember. Yeah. And, and he's also, he's, he is going to be Superman, but in the, in the animated Teen form. Titans, isn't it? Teen Titans Go to the Movies, which yes, is a great it. title. It's a good movie. Yeah, a good fantastic. movie concept. I like yeah, that idea. Absolutely. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he's now <laughs> gone on record and said he thinks he would be a great Joker. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, and, uh, and I mean, yes, yes, he would. I mean, God, yeah, I mean, yeah. he'd have been a great Willy Wonka as well, but <laughs> would have been a great John Rambo. Would have been, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, would have been a great Kaiser Soze. Would have he been a fantastic would have been a, Hannibal Lecter. Would have been a, oh, would have been a great uh, Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> uh, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Kurt Russell, the thing. Yeah. You could do basically um, Miss Daisy, of <laughs> driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, as uh, as the lead in in Twelve Years a Slave, I think Nicolas Cage would have been absolutely unbeatable. Twelve Years a Cage. Twelve Years a Cage. Oh my God, this sells I, itself. I am sure that just if we put in all these films into Google, someone has already photoshopped. Of course, they like have eighty percent of them. They've Nicolas Cage. They've CGI. Yeah. They've photoshopped Nicolas Cage's face onto everyone. Including Wait myself. a minute. That's not Jessica. Jessica Tandy. <laughs> Um, yeah, but um, I would, I would love. It. Obviously, it's never going to happen. It's just one of those like silly interviews. But um, apparently, the Joaquin Phoenix one that might be happening. I don't know. He he has been a little bit more open to conversations about it because he's been yeah. quite coy. He has a bit he has playing the Joker. He said that he has met uh, Todd Phillips, who was directing the standalone Joker film, which has nothing to do with the Jared Leto Joker, which has nothing to do with anything else in the DCU. Which is nothing to do with anything I'm interested in. <laughs> that so. sounds like. To be fair, though, I'm willing to forgive Warner Brothers a lot of DCEU stuff based Are entirely <laughs> on the st- entirely on the strength of the Meg trailer. But, so, yeah. Yeah, when you put that out, you get a free pass from me for like four years. So yeah, well, that's why we need Statham as Cockney Martian Manhunter. Oh, of course, of course, course, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's I mean, we we're not getting Willem Dafoe as Martian Manhunter, which is what he should have been. But uh, yeah, because he's he's an Aquaman as um, I don't know what he's. I don't. He's some kind know. of like Atlantan politician or. I don't know. Don't know. He's, he's, he's Aquaman's mate. <laughs> Who knows anymore? He's Aquaman's mate. Aqua bloke. Aquamate, yeah. Aquamate. 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 On which note, should we head to the top ten for the, the top five for this week? Sorry. Uh, let's do it. Number five. I love dogs. You love dogs? Well, I love cats, but I quite <laughs> like dogs. But I love I love dogs. I loved I love dogs too. Uh, very funny, very witty, very sharp. Um, loved the animation. Very Wes Anderson. Very Wes Anderson. I like the rugged, rugged, shaggy-looking animation. And I think the voice cast are absolutely terrific. Edward Norton, Jeff Goldblum, Bill yeah. Murray, uh, Brian Cranston. Love them all. Yeah, I was thinking about it a couple of days ago. I think it... I think it might be his funniest film. I think it's it's his broadest film. I think it, by by Certainly a long his broadest, mile, I think yeah, broadest. Yeah, but I do think his work is getting progressively broader now. I think something like Grand Budapest, Grand Budapest Hotel yeah. was a lot more accessible than, for instance, Moonrise Kingdom. Gra- well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But Moonrise Kingdom. Um, 
for me, I think I think that's also like that's like the start of like the more oh, broad and yeah, more accessible kind of. Another like is both films are being kind of like inaccessible, but they've definitely been a little bit. Do you think it's not, hip, not is too hipsterdom? Is that a hipster? I think it's, 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 it's I feel hipsterism like is getting more like mainstream. Hipsterism is becoming more mainstream, and that's not uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, no, by all means, we've all got to grow up sometime. I mean, so. there, there was a point where no one listened to Kings of Leon of an album four hit and uh, the headline of Glastonbury. <laughs> And we all know that's how you measure history. <laughs> By the kings of Leon. Usually. When did Cable Follower get a haircut? Oh, that was 2007. Exactly. Yeah. So has anyone uh, been in touch with us on this particular release this week? Have they? Yeah, probably. Let's, have a look. <laughs> let's pull those up and see if let's, anyone's been in touch. Let's go to Twitter. Cases going to Twitter. Cases opening his phone. <laughs> this is my, my song about going to Twitter. I'm on Twitter. There we go. Cool. Okay, right. there we okay. go. So... Uh, you can feel free to edit that out. At Alison G Muse says, "OMG, I just cried my way through I Love Dogs," and then a dog emoji. It's so good, good in all capital letters, and they're all good dogs. Uh, yellow heart emoji, dog, dog paw emojis. Number four, Love Simon. Now you've seen this, I haven't. What I was have, it like, yeah. sir? Um, so this is a really, really good film. This is really, yeah, this is great. Is it the the great LGBT teen rom com that we want it to be? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, fantastic. And I, I don't know if that puts like too much pressure on it for people that haven't seen it and then are going to see it expecting that. But if you go in expecting something that's really heartwarming and a fantastic cast, and you're expecting to actually like Jennifer Garner in a film for once, I, I, I don't think I've ever had that, and and and, and I did. And uh, Josh Duhamel, who is obviously the poor man's Tim Trollophon. Oh yes, yes, of course he is. He's good. He's good. Well, of course, he's he's good. He's, he's like ten percent of Timothy Oliphant, so he's at least ten percent good. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, but there's a few people who really steal the show. There is there is a drama teacher in this, and I'm not sure of the actress's name, but she absolutely steals the show of this. I look forward to it. Um, she's amazing. And then uh, Nick, uh, Nick Nick Robinson, Nick Robinson, Nick yeah, Robinson, he's yeah. he's fantastic in this. Excellent. Yeah, really, really good. So, he's been um, threatening for a while because he did that everything, everything about a year ago, didn't he? And yeah, then... and he was in Jurassic World, mm-hmm. and he was—I uh, mean, lest we forget—he's in the uh, the show where uh, uh, Melissa and Joey is he not? I I don't know. I've actually honestly never seen an episode of Melissa and Joey. Uh, so, has anyone tweeted us about? Love? I imagine someone. I imagine many people have very glowing things to say about Love Simon because it seems to be going down the storm. Yes, um, at uh, Olivia Ish, uh, Olivia Elish, so Olivia Elish. Okay, yeah, um, Love Simon. And then forward slash Simon versus the Hope of Samians uh, agenda just makes me so happy. Like, I get this giddy feeling in my stomach and I can't stop smiling. It's just like it makes me feel this is a crazy long. Can, can we even have this many characters on Twitter? It's just, it's just like <laughs> is it an essay. Is it one yeah, of and, and, and there's, essay? there's the word like a lot. It's just like it makes me feel every emotion I've ever felt and just, uh, I don't know, I'm stupid. I can't, I can't. That is old, that's a great tweet. I really hope your child is a little girl. You're, 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 Me too. Yeah, I really hope because it sounds like you would deal really well with a t- you, teenage you've, daughter. You've one hundred percent just let the cat out of the bag. I have. I didn't even realize. I'm sorry. Do you want me to edit that out? No, I, I don't. No, that, that's fine. Okay. Let's let's keep scan. I'm, I'm having a kid. Like, yeah, there you go. Case is going to be Case Senior. Barry Allen will be born, and uh, he will be or Barrietta Ballen, uh, Allen. Barrietta Ballen. Barrietta Allen. Barrietta Allen. Let's let's move on. I'm having a kid. Every let's time. move on. You're having yeah. a kid. That's it. Number three. Nostalgia Fest 3000, which you could probably call it if we're really honest. I mean, you I think you've seen Ready Player One by now. I have. And what did you think? I think I like it. You think you like it? Yeah. What, what, what's what's giving you trepidation? Right. Okay. I like I like a hundred things in Ready Player One, <laughs> but there are six hundred things in the film. 
Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing. Yeah, I like a hundred different separate things, but I think they're all things that I liked previously, like prior, like prior to seeing the film. I had to see it twice, Jeremy. because I felt overwhelmed the first time. I thought, I need to be able to see it without being constantly, ooh, look, ooh, look at that, ooh, look yeah. at this one. It's, um, it's back from Akira, ooh, look, it's Batman on a cliff. Look, you, you can give yourself whiplash if you, you know, if you sit through this in the wrong way, because you constantly get distracted yeah. with different parts of a massive Oh, look, it's Fletcher stuff. from Whiplash. Yeah, just <laughs> exactly, and uh, so I saw it that second time. I really loved it. Um, I've all the time in the world for it. I've not, I've not read the book, so I don't have that sort of hang up about it. Mm. I think maybe it gets better after like the first viewing. Then entirely possible. I think once you have a lot of the sort of big beat surprises sort of taken away from you, you have to focus on it as a story. You get to enjoy it more as a sort of yeah. child in the chocolate factory. Program. I think that's the thing. I, I don't, I don't think I enjoy the story because my. My eyes were just focusing on everything else. Understandable. I, I mean, what just happens? I can't remember uh, putting the tweet together, tweet tweets together for this one. So I don't know if it was one of the positive ones, if it was one of the negative ones, because frankly, I've heard enough of either side of it. So, right, it seems to be quite divisive, but it's also made a butt ton of money. Exactly. So, and, yeah. and if anything else, I'm happy because Spielberg's not had an out and out bona fide hit for. A, a while, yeah. Now. So it's 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 good that we've at least got that back. Exactly, yeah. So I mean, I tweet then. Is it go- is it is it good? Is it bad? Is so it- um, uh, Josh Fletcher says, "Ready Player One was so so much fun." Excellent. Oh, okay, suspense. okay, that was suspense. Yeah. Number two, a quiet place, which I saw and loved. And- <laughs> you said that so loud. <laughs> I know I did it intentionally. <laughs> yeah, and you saw it and enjoyed it as well. I saw you? it. I saw it last night. I saw mm-hmm. it in. I mean, I wish it was a quieter screen, but it didn't detract from how much I loved the film. I saw this two thirty in the afternoon, public screening with the quietest audience you've ever seen in your life. And I God mean, bless them. I mean, they had those paper bags of popcorn, and they were afraid to munch their popcorn yeah. because they knew everyone could hear it. It was fantastic. Um, I thought the film was tremendous. I don't think it's a sparkingly original concept as a film. I've seen it done before, but the gimmick of making it largely a silent film, largely a wordless dialogue-free affair, and relying on ASL sign language, things mm. like that, I thought the way it was pulled off was absolutely terrific. It was really well done. Uh, John Krasinski's got an eye for eye for how he's put this together. Yeah, who, who thought John Krasinski? Who thought, who thought John Krasinski could churn out a, yeah. an M. Night Shyamalan at his prime kind this of a it, film? Yeah. And because that's what this plays like. This does play like like pre like pre uh pre-village M. Night Shyamalan making a Stephen King movie. It does. It's kind of like it, it did remind me of Signs when I was watching it. Yeah. And I, I think mm-hmm. a lot of comparisons about it. And I I'm one of those people. I really like Signs. Oh, I do. I, I really like Signs. Yeah, I've, I've got a lot of time for it. But um, I've, I've not seen John Krasinski's other two films. So one is called The Hollers, which is, is like a family drama. No, I've not seen that one. And um, it's, I saw someone write about it the other day, and uh, it's on Netflix in America, and they said it's what you think of when you think of a Netflix film. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I don't know what the other one is, Double but um, maybe it's he's one of these people that, when it comes to genre, he just knows what he's doing. Well, you know, it worked out for Jordan Peele, didn't it? Well, so. a, a lot of comparisons <laughs> for Get Out as well. Yeah. I mean, I think the performances here are terrific as well. I think that, I mean, they are a real oh, life great, couple. Yeah. I think they were great. Is it, I forget the young actress's name. Is Millicent something? It's Millicent. Because, yeah. Mis- because she, she is a young deaf actress. Yeah. And she was yes. in Wonderstruck the week before The week this. before, yes. And um, then the, yeah, she's, she's incredible. She's really, really yeah, strong I, I can't, in this. I can't wait to and other things. And then the, the young lad, he's in um, Jacob Tremblay. What is it? Yeah, I know what you mean. Wonder. Wonder. Yeah, he's in yeah, Wonder yeah. and he's also in Rampage. Oh, is he? Uh, not Rampage. I think of Ramp- oh, no, sorry, not Rampage. The Titan. Sorry, he's in The Titan. It was oh. one of the two English language films this week. He's in The Titan as well. No way. So he is getting around. Good week for that kid. Good week for that kid indeed. So um, is it a good week for whoever's tweeted us on this one? Bloody up, so I'm going to fight him. <laughs> um, what have they sent our way? Okay, so. Oh. At 
The Jeff Chronicles. Excellent. Maybe my favourite Twitter handle favorite. That's ever. Good. That's, good, that's great. Um, I'd kill aliens to have John Krasinski and Emily Blunt as my parents. Um, a quiet place. And then an emoji of like like the mute symbol. Excellent. Genius. Uh, is officially one of the best of 2018. I, I would have to agree. I think it's going to turn up on a lot of end of the year lists. Yes. Do you know what sucks though? Go on. And say it quietly. Produced by Michael Bay. <sighs> Number one. Hashtag not my Peter. Yeah, indeed. No, I mean, the annoying thing is it seems to be a lot of people's Peter, though. Um, I'm not a fan of this adaptation of Peter Rabbit. I think the concept of it has just been abandoned in favour of a generic, you know, slapdash family film yeah. um, that plays closer to something like Alvin and the Chipmunks at its worst than anything else it could possibly resemble. And it's certainly nothing close to its source material. The twee quintessential Britishness seems to have been lost in favour of something that plays very generically on a transatlantic level. The human characters are literally the best part about it, which kind of defeats the object of a movie about Peter Rabbit. And I came away from it all feeling unfulfilled, unentertained, generally bored. So what has someone tweeted us? Let's see. Let's find out. It's, it's not good. You see, I was, I was so bored just even talking about it. You're like, I'm I'll, out. I'll be honest, I was on Instagram. Just then. That's fine. That's terrible. Fine. That's, 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 that's not a slight on you, but it's a slight on Peter Rabbit. That's fair. That's fair. I accept that. Yeah. So, um, what's his face has said? <laughs> Is it actually at what's his face? If that handle doesn't exist, I'm literally having that right now. I hope it does. Um, no, uh, at Gears. At Gears. I like cool. that. I like that. Obviously, obviously a fan of cars. Strong. Uh, at Gears says, um, I honestly thought that hashtag Peter Rabbit was going to be some tweet and sweet movie, but it's actually hilarious, clever. And suitable for all ages. Brilliant. Well, Gears is clearly an idiot. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Off Screen, the on screen radio show. And we're back, Mr. Allen. So uh, we've got three uh, three foreign language films uh, mm. to get through this week. I thought we've we, we not got clips for any of them for obvious reasons. So let's we get through them in one block, get it nice and tidy. Rapid fire. Them. Rapid fire. Let's start with Marlena the Murderer in Four Acts. Um, that is a strong title. <laughs> it's a strong title. It's actually quite a well-stylized movie as well. This comes to us from Indonesian director Muli Saya, um, whose work, again, I'm not overly familiar with, although having uh, gone through various trailers and things, does seem to be uh, a sort of feminist angle to her body of work. Um, this plays like what Tarantino wishes his revenge flicks actually were. Um, as in to say, this is a stylized feminist Indonesian Western. Yeah, yeah. Don't have many of those. No, you do not. No. Do. no. So, it's unique in concept. It's also <laughs> unique in execution. So, this stars, uh, this stars Marsha Timothy as Marlena. Uh, when the film opens, her husband is murdered. Um, a, a wanderer enters her home and says, um, I'm going, I'm going to rob you of all your money and possessions. Six of my friends are going to turn up. You're going to cook for us. Uh, we're going to, uh, you know, nudge, nudge, assault you, and then we'll be on our way. And and that's it. Nice. She's told this, and she, out of courtesy and respect, actually does prepare them dinner. Um, she then in- exacts a, a just a, a rampage of revenge for the entirety of their stay, that then results in her trying to turn herself in only to find out it isn't quite that simple. So it's part revenge flick, part road movie, part kind of culminate, culminating in a sort of chamber piece drama. It's really cool. Like the sounds ace, man. It is. It's it's really gripping from the onset, and it has this sort of aggressive but cool, but not quite playing it for nudge nudge and winks winks 
quality that you always think that a Tarantino movie is trying for but failing to get. Mm. This is that movie. This is what those movies think they're tr- they're, they're actually reaching for. Um, the performance by Marsh Timothy, I think, is absolutely outstanding. The entire thing is is in Indonesian. It's in uh, it's in subtitles. Um, I think it's a really really riveting revenge drama. Uh, if you get the chance to see it, absolutely do. Uh, that was Marlena, the murderer in four acts. From one end of the spectrum to the other, we come to A Gentle Creature, which is uh, written and directed by Sergei Loznitsa. And this is a Russian drama about an unnamed woman. She's referred to, for all intents purposes, as The Gentle Creature, um, who is... Um Left to fend for herself when her husband is incarcerated for, uh, for, uh, for, for some undisclosed crimes. I forget the actual details. She, in some remote prison, remote gulag type prison. And she is granted a rare and fleeting opportunity to go and visit him and deliver a parcel to him. Um, she then discovers along the way of this trip, there's something about road movies this week, by the way. I don't know if you've noticed this. There's something of a theme. Something of a theme. Yeah. Um, she discovers on her way to this prison, nothing is quite as simple as it appears to be. She turns up at the prison, there's something excuse that she can't get in that day she has to bide her time and she'll keep going keep trying to go back only to be thwarted by various different means along the way it is about as nihilistic a film as you have ever seen it is just bleak with a capital b and underline the rest it is really grim oh as a tale um great performance by vaselina makosova uh, as the gentle creature of the, of the title say unnamed lead um the only problem is that outside of her character outside of the performance that she's afforded the opportunity to, to convey uh, what you've got is a script that doesn't really want to sketch anything else out for any of the other characters beyond mm. very basic archetypes so a policeman is literally a policeman a baker is literally a baker there is no personality to this world there's no feeling of a lived in world there's, it, it very much feels like a staged execution the problem is it's over directed to the extent that it becomes very quickly infuriating lots of unnecessarily lingering static establishing shots long after a character has entered a building, for mm. instance. Like, you know, it'll be 10 seconds for a character to walk into a building, they'll be shot at the building, and the shot will continue for another 50 yeah. seconds after they've entered the building, and you'll just hear dialogue over the top of it, and the feeling throughout it all is this is someone desperately trying to be taken seriously and trying to go as artistic as possible. And really, it just feels a bit naff and annoying. So, yeah. I mean, great performance from Vaseline Makosova. Um, other than that, this really isn't to anyone's exacting high standards. Custody, which is a French divorce drama, all to do with, would you guess it, custody. Um, Right, this is a film of not so much two halves, but one set of two thirds and another third. Probably the best way to sum this up. That's maths I can't even begin to do. Yeah, they split this into into thirds, and the first two are in one film, and the final one's a completely different film. I'll be really honest, that that film that they end with... Did you just, like, fall asleep and you woke up and, like, Rampage was on? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it feels like that sometimes. It's like if you fall asleep in the middle of the first time you see uh, Pickle Rick, which I have seen happen. (laughs) Um, The best... How did that happen? (laughs) So, this is about a marriage that, uh, you know, ends ends with a, a bitter custody battle... Uh, father versus versus mother, kids caught in the middle, very somber, very soulful, very grim. 
and very much uh, from sort of the child's perspective, I would say, not really, not really focusing on either adult, not really taking sides, generally focusing on the children. I think the son seems to be around the 10, 12 mark, the daughter is sort of high school, going to college kind of an age. So we were coming at it from different sort of avenues. Um, it stars uh, Leia Drucker and Dennis Menashe. Dennis Menashe, I thought I recognised him somewhere, and I couldn't quite place him. And he's an actor who's been in things like Assassin's Creed and The Programme and Inglorious mm. Bastards. Um, so he's a bit player, of a, a French-language bit player, in quite large-scale productions. So, yes, you do recognise him, but you have no idea where from, because you won't specifically pick his films. He's just that guy. He's just that guy. Um... I did think, I mean, it's written and directed by uh, Xavier Legrand. I will say it is, it is well staged. It is insightfully written. I do think its grand turn, as it were, takes it into territory that I, I know is meant to add a certain other element to the film, to the story, and, and to the emotion of it all. But it doesn't quite play as successfully as I think it might have done on paper. I can see the intent. And when you step away from the film, you think, yeah, okay, I can see why you thought that was a very good idea. And I probably, were I the guy writing this, I probably would have done exactly the same thing because it's the most interesting thing you could have done. Mm. But it doesn't quite gel, it doesn't quite work, and it does end the film on something of a sour note compared to the standard of the rest of it. And also takes what's arguably its strongest performance into a, a little bit of an unnecessarily sillier direction. Not, not silly, it's probably the wrong word. Unnecessarily uh, far-fetched connection and that to me was a shame because the rest of the film i thought was was actually pretty solid with the latest film news and reviews this is off screen the on-screen radio show and we're back mr allen so um it's time to talk about that one movie that's coming out that we've, we've been looking forward to i think for a little while <laughs> that video game movie. <laughs> that video game movie and we're not talking about tomb raider for a change so isn't it funny that um we get tomb raider which is the best video game adaptation ever and then about a four which month- isn't saying not a not great really, deal yeah it's not yeah. a high bar if we're honest um but then a fortnight later the same studio decides we're going to put out another video game adaptation and this is going to actually be the best video game movie ever made, you know, with the the previous record holder also being our film, moving to the number two spot. They've done uh, all right. They've done all right. Fair play, Warner Brothers. Yeah. Fair play. I think they, they did that mainly by... Uh Getting the rock. <laughs> that works, yeah. Um, so, Enter Rampage, which is based on the 80s arcade game of the same name, doesn't so much follow the same formula as the game, in which you fought a giant gorilla, a giant wolf, and a giant alligator in, like, a cityscape. Um, rather, it leads to that as its third act setup. And we kind of get the origin story of it. And you'd think that sounds really boring, except this star's The Rock is produced by The Rock. It's actively, creatively involved with The Rock. Um, so in that way that uh, San Andreas very much wore the personality of Dwayne Johnson all over itself... God, that film was good. Well, brace yourself, yeah. because this is very much its sister movie. And even comes from the same it's, director... It's directed by the same guy, Brad, Brad Payton. Brad Payton yeah. yeah, who I always get confused with Peyton Reed. So, <laughs> different director, different studio. Different director, different studio. Although you can kind of see between their films, actually, there's kind of a tonal, Bit of a parallel. tonal parallel, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. Um, so the basic gist is Dwayne Johnson, who is a graduate of that weird school, military school, that military wing that only exists in movies in which they train special forces soldiers 
as zoologists and animal handlers at the same time. You yes. know, of which there's only Chris Pratt and Dwayne Johnson in the class. I think they went to the same same uni, yeah, same, exactly. same college. Yeah. yeah, it's a whole West Point subdivision thing. Um, where Dwayne Johnson is from this school. He is he works at the San Diego Zoo. He is the animal handler, and he's best friends with a gorilla named George. Because of course it's called George. Because of course what is, is. what is uh, Dwayne Johnson's name in uh, Rampage? Davis Ikoye. Say it again. Davis. Ikoye. He always has the best names. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, so Davis Ikoye, and I believe his co his, his cohort in this one is uh, Dr. Kate Calloway, I think her name is. So that's... Um, Kate Caldwell. Kate Caldwell, yeah. sorry. Played by Naomi Harris, who is the previous uh, designer for a biotech firm of a virus of the a virus that will trigger genetic editing that will imbue any animal species that it comes into contact with with certain genetic uh, new abilities mainly size increases uh, improved aggression healing strength speed stuff like that um, and the pair of them go up against an evil corporation everdyne or something like or energyne energyne Ener- something like that um, which Enidine is, sounds like something like you inject like into it, it, Limbs yeah. to uh, like get rid of arthritis or something. Which is run by an evil brother sister duo played by Malin Ackerman <laughs> and Jake Lacey. Remember him? Right. You, of course I do. Of course yeah. I do. Yeah. Who, who are basically trying to clean up the mess left by their secret project rampage. And this project sees George come into contact with a crashed artifact from a space lab, not making this up, in, that starts to infect, infect him, starts to increase his size, and before you know it, Dwayne Johnson is trying to pursue an escaped, enraged George across the United States on his way to a beacon at Energine's, Enerdine, Ener, whatever the hell's, uh, beacon in, yeah. in the heartland of, in the heart of of Chicago, along with a giant alligator and a giant wolf. Here's a clip of Dwayne Johnson talking about why he loves his monkey. It's weird. You like hang out with animals more than people. Yeah, well, animals get me. I rescued George. He was two years old. George never would have survived on his own. He definitely trusts you. He's not just a friend. He's family. Don't move a muscle. Are you crazy? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Very funny. You and I laughing at your joke. New guy, he no laugh. He cry. You can get up now. And check your diaper. Come on. So you know the tone of this. It's very similar in, in one sense to San Andreas. Yeah. And it, it, it like the rock could be playing the same character, it wouldn't make a lick of difference because like San Andreas. I, I like to think that he is. Yeah. Um, where is uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan in this? Right. So Jeffrey Dean Morgan is neither the villain of the piece, who seems to be uh, you've got Malin Ackerman and Jake Lacey as the evil corporate types. You've got okay. a government a Donald Sutherland esque uh government general who's ordering everything to be bombed, who's uh played by by, not, oh, what's his not name? Donald Played Trump. by Demetrius Gross, who I don't recognise from any... I don't. I recognise from somewhere I don't quite know where. Good name, though. Um, there's a little cameo in there for Joe Maganiello, one for uh, uh, Marley Shelton, one for PJ Byrne, who you always remember from cable comedies. It's... Um, oh, Matt Gerald from uh, Daredevil. He's got a little cameo in there as well. There's loads of little roles. And then you've got Jeffrey Dean Morgan in the middle of it all, who starts off as this sort of government man in black. Um, <laughs> from the trailer, you think that he is he's, he's going to be like a villain. villain yeah. yeah no he starts off and by about the halfway point when they decide to reenact the plane sequence and the mummy um, they sort of use, utilise him as an ally from that point but the whole thing seems to be he's playing Negan 
He's playing his Walking Dead character. Does it take as long to say every sentence as Negan does? Yes, he does. But he also does it with this newfound cowboy style. So he's a government man in black. He's wearing the MIB suit. He's got a nickel-plated uh, pistol with uh, pearl ivory handles in a gun holster, like, cowboy style at his front that his jacket is draped sort of around with a Texan belt buckle. And he says everything in that way that only Jeffrey Dean Morgan does. <laughs> Every line is delivered with just the right level of sex in the voice. I look a little bit like a Texan version of Happy Body. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> I don't know if some Texans you know or not. I'll oh, tell you what, yeah. he's he's fantastic in this. He's so much fun. He owns this movie. He steals a movie out from under Dwayne Johnson and a giant ape. And they're two quite big, equally big things. Yeah, I mean, big meets bigger yeah. is the tagline. I love so. that tagline. That tagline is genius. Have you noticed a lot of these taglines are referring meta-wise to Dwayne Johnson now? Has, well, of course, yeah. Are, yeah. Like Central Intelligence, uh, with Little Heart, Big Johnson, big Johnson things like yeah. that. Also, um, one of my favourite taglines. Yeah, yeah, good line. But I like that Dwayne Johnson's becoming this kind of meta figure. Uh, this film, I say, doesn't challenge any, predispos- any, any preconceptions of Dwayne Johnson, the movie star. It seems to be like a victory lap for Dwayne Johnson, the movie star, because obviously it has so so much of his personality running through its veins. And Brad Payton, I mean, as he kind of proved with San Andreas, knows how to handle that, and he knows how to handle that, mm. and even like, even sort of bigger scale set pieces at the same time. Yeah, I think so. I just read somewhere that uh, Brad Payton uh, would want to direct uh, a movie for Marvel. Um, I wonder who, who he would direct. I wonder what film that could be. Hmm. Yeah, no. I, th- I think he'd be like he'd be really solid. He's kind of one of those directors, but like he's like a upper echelon version, of like like Louis Leterrier. Or... Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah he's he's kind of the AAA equivalent, isn't he? Now, yeah, it's but, just like uh, really solid. But yeah, I mean, I like the performances. Dwayne Johnson's just doing Dwayne Johnson. Uh, Naomi Harris, surprising surprising amount to do in this. Actually, she's kind of got a, a pretty interestingly full character. Uh, very well rounded. There's a lot of uh, an intriguing backstory behind her. There's more to the character than meets the eye. Um, it doesn't feel like a, a disappointing reveal whenever they give you anything new to do with her. Um, I liked her very much. The only thing I would say that really counts as a fault is I think the Malin Ackerman, Jake Lacey villains are, they're very cartoonish and they come at times close to that sort of director DVD Inspector Gadget sequel level of, of kind of hmm. caricature. But I guess for something like this, the main draw of the three monsters, or I guess two monsters. And yeah, well, I mean. Big friend of George. It is for the most part about Dwayne Johnson and the ape. It, it yeah. is their story, and the it, it's even though George is on the hyper aggression scale, um, it's never really particularly painted that he's a villain of sorts. It's always paid as okay, yes, he is still a hero. He's just off on one, but yeah, we're getting it's, back. It's, we're kind, getting it's back. kind of like the Hulk in Age of Ultron. Yeah, I'd imagine yeah. you know that. We'll reel him when, in. We'll reel yeah. him in. You know, that's 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 the characters there to reel him in. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I get exactly your point, Hulk. Yeah, Hulk and Ultron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I did enjoy. It. I think it does play like uh, San Andreas meets Godzilla. Uh, but to be fair, would that in any, would that description in any way put you off seeing it? Not at all. And then you've got added Johnson. Yeah, added Johnson and even some Morgan thrown in for good measure. And yeah, please keep giving Jeffrey Dean Morgan these roles because as long as he's going to keep doing the Negan thing, I'm happy. Yeah. Um, um, sorry, on uh, um, uh, The Rock's uh, uh, on his page, it does say uh, Hobbs and Shaw, like as a title. It actually does say it. He yeah. specifically so, names it as Hobbs and Shaw. I guess that's what it's going to be called. I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah, me too. I would absolutely see that movie. Um, Hobbs and Shaw is not the worst title. Too, no. Too Hobbs, too Shaw for the sequel. I mean, please. That's going to happen, yeah. Please make that happen. <laughs> but uh, Call me by your Hobbs. That's when we get uh, Army Hammer in. Oh, yes. Yeah. Dwayne me by your Johnson. Dwayne yes. me by your Johnson. Yeah. 
Um, so, good lord. <laughs> How does one Dwayne something? I don't know, but I'm sure. I can use Dwayne's of I'm sure Rock would tell us. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, very fluid, very fluid, very uh, very coherent action. Big set pieces where you never really lose track of what's going on. It's quite well staged. Again, in that sort of San Andreas like way. Yep. Is it uh, the film of the week? I would say it is most definitely film of the week. Um, I, I don't want to belittle uh, the Titan, though. I think that's absolutely worth saying. Um, and I'm saying that about Sam Worthington movie. I absolutely know that. Who are you? But I know I am. I'm going to cry myself to sleep at night tonight, mate. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, so then next week, we'll be reviewing a film starring Miles Teller, to which Van will give a glowing review because we're in opposite land. You've had me actually look then to see if there is a Miles Teller movie next week. <laughs> I don't plan ahead. I don't know what, <laughs> what I'm doing tomorrow, let alone next week. Next week, we've got Funny Cow. Uh, British stand-up comedy movie. We've got uh, the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. Oh, yeah, that, that title is incredible. That it is, yeah. isn't it? it will be the is GLPPS. Lily, Lily James, is it? It is, one? yeah. And is it Sam Clayton? Yes, it's I always think Sam Clayton so, yeah. in these movies. Yeah. Uh, we've also got Every Day. We've got Let the Sun Shine In. We've got Never Steady, Never Still. And, uh, well, I mean, there's this little film. It's a musical, and uh, it stars uh, a certain Mr. Travolta. And it is, it is coming out next week. For, and what uh, is that? For about the fourth time in British cinemas. And that is Greece. Greece is being reissued on cinema screens next week. Yes. Or, to give it its Greek alternative title... Please tell me. Go on. Vaseline. You're kidding me! I'm sure I've told you this before. In, you in, have never. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that it's in Greece. I'm, sh- I'm sure it's in Greece. But, you know, we have, like, alternative film titles yeah. for the translation. It's known as Vaseline. That On that bombshell... <laughs> This has been a candy snub book for on screen. I have been Van Connor. And I have been slavered in Vaseline for the whole hour. We'll be back. Just show me the way to get out of here and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Offscreen. For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. Okay, slight bit of an edit. Um, so, Greece. In the country of Argentina, yeah. not in Greece. Um, yeah, in Argentina, Greece is known as Vaseline. That is amazing. Um, another another good one I just found. Um, uh, Army of Darkness. Yeah, yeah. In Japan, uh, Captain Supermarket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, this, <laughs> this is a great one. In France, uh, Step Up. You know, with uh, Channing Tate. Yeah, is known as Sexy Dance. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, this is. I've seen this one before. In the Philippines. Never been kissed. What 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 do you think the alternative title for never been kissed is? In Virgin. The no, uh, close uh, is because she's ugly. Okay, that is <laughs> it's like, astounding. It's like answered uh, what wasn't even a question. I've got a list of them up myself. Can oh I, great! Can I, can I throw one at you? Do it. Right. So you tell me if you know what this one is. Uh, superpower dare die team. This is the Chinese translation. Superpowered. Superpower dare die team. This is how you translate the Chinese title of which film? Is it Mission Impossible? No. You can see my logic. It, I know. I can. I can. What is it? I promise you, it's not that logical. It's for Ghostbusters. 2016's Ghostbusters. <laughs> I think I've heard of that one before. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, what's... Uh, oh, this, this one I really like. Um, right. In Israel... Yeah. <laughs> Reign of... Phil- yeah. Reign of, Reign of Fire? So, no. Uh, Reign of Falafel. Reign of Falafel. 
good God, I don't know. What the hell is Rain of Falafel? I love this, because it is essentially the title, just with a different type of food, uh, Cloud with a Chance of Meatballs. Oh, my God! <laughs> because it's in his room. Right, okay, I've got one for you. Okay, I've got one for you. Right, this is just fun. We'll just back and forth. Yeah. There's, okay. There's, there's no one listening right now. Oh, no, no it's just us. Yeah. Uh, right, Chinese translation, Six Naked Pigs. Six Naked Pigs? Six Naked Pigs. And there is a logic to the title. Is it Full Monty? It is, it in is, fact, yes. the Full Monty. Well done, sir. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you, you'll get you'll get this one straight away, but uh, I, I think this is great. In Denmark, yeah, the boy who drowned in chocolate sauce. Is it Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Yeah. That's amazing. Can I also give you one from Denmark? Do it, yeah. Right. It, 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 it's very yes, obvious. Denmark. It's very obvious what series this is. It's the question is which instalment of this series, right? Die Hard colon Mega Hard. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the Stormy Daniels one, isn't it? <laughs> clearly, yeah. Clearly. Which Die Hard movie do you reckon it is? Go on. I'm gonna say Die Hard Three. It is in fact Die Hard yeah. with a Vengeance. Die Hard Three. Yes. Do you know what we were quoting Die Hard uh, with Vengeance in the office today? Really? Yeah. Because someone said uh, uh, Jesus, and then someone said, "No, it's Hey Hey Zeus." <laughs> <laughs> Not Hey, hey Zeus. Zeus. My name is Zeus. <laughs> Uh, I think I've I think I've got one that's going to be it's, it's your turn, but I think I've got one that you're going to love next. Go on, we got no film news. This is this is it. Well, we minutes? can talk some film stuff, but this is so so oh, far. Is it is it my turn or do you want your turn? Your turn. You go for it. Let me let's let's do this because it's related to someone that we love. Okay. So, so in uh, in Thailand, super speeding, cleaning evil accounts. Oh my god. Uh, if if you like, try to decode that. The think, transporter. No. Oh, super speeding, cleaning evil accounts. You know it, and then you think of like the, the plot of the film. Do you, do you want to know what it is? Uh, no, go on. Go on. What is it? Drive angry. Oh my god! Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, accountant the accountant is the yes, of course. Yeah. Okay. Chinese translation. Okay. Right. His powerful device makes him famous. <gasps> I know this. Go on. I'm sure I know this. Go on. It, it's hilarious when you hear it. Go on. And I, yeah, I, I know it because I've seen it before. And I watched the film last week. Is it Boogie Nights? It is Boogie Nights. Yeah. Yes, it is. Good old Dirt Diggler. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I've got one I want to end on, but I'll let you, you end on one first as All well. Right, let me think of one. Go uh, on. You need a real juicy one to sort of to, to send us a, off on a, your side. A, a juicy one? Don't, don't tell me there is one that relates to juice. <laughs> Oh god, I've got a great one. I've okay, got this on. one. Okay, um, it doesn't say what country it's from, but okay. the title is the title is he's a ghost. Uh, is it ghost? No. Is it Casper? No, it's the sixth sense. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. That's <laughs> wow. Okay. That is that's bonkers. That, that's a spoiler. That really is. Um my favourite one. This is this is translated from the Japanese title. Um, it, it is "I'm drunk and you're a prostitute." Is it pretty woman? No. <laughs> I'm drunk and you're a prostitute. Weirdly, know. this actually is the plot of the movie. So, I'm drunk and you're a prostitute. Yeah, you're gonna kick yourself. I'm sure. Well, what, what is it? It is leaving Las Vegas. The film for which oh. Nicolas Cage won Best Actor. 
I'm Drunk and You're a Prostitute apparently is the Japanese title of Leaving Las Vegas. I wish that was the proper US title and <laughs> like announced out of the Oscars. <laughs> I mean, there was a couple of good ones on there. I mean, Naked Gun, apparently in Israel, is called The, the Gun Died Laughing. The Gun Died Laughing, uh, that's, that's a good one. Uh, Junior, I don't, again, I don't know what country, but uh, mm. Junior is uh, Son of Devil. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Japan has The Whole of Malkovich. For being John Malkovich. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, oh, the Chinese title for As Good As It Gets is Mr. Cat Poop. Yes, I've seen that. God knows why, because if anything wouldn't I've, be I've, I've, No, I've got an explanation for that. It says here, um, Jack's character name, which is uh, Melvin. Apparently Melvin sounds a lot like the Chinese word for cat poop. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, and and that's I, really I find that amazing that they've got a word specifically for cat poop and, that, not, that just, and not just poop or like animal poop. <laughs> I, I, I just I'm going to give it up though. My favourite ever. This this comes from Sweden. Go on. The their of title their title for swingers, which is Hey, where are the babies? <laughs> <laughs> which when you consider what the poster for what swingers is, what well, is is it? A, it's a different poster. That's no. That's the poster oh, for right. swingers. If you oh, said yeah, that yeah. was for a movie called Hey, where are the where babies? A movie that features a smiling Vince Vaughn holding up a martini yeah. and features the line, cocktails first, questions later. That paints a very, very bleak picture. Like hey, where are the babies? That is scarier than, uh, than him and him and Psycho. It kind of is. It's scarier yeah. than him and True Detective, and that's really saying something. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, there's so many more. Where maybe we'll do this in another I think we should resurrect this. This is fun. But uh, so uh, we got to see the the trailer this week for the Meg with uh, yes. Jason Statham. Oh, I, I wish it was just called Meg. I know. It's just it's just three letters. It's not even it's not even a name. <laughs> it's not even a name. What does yeah. it mean? Um, but yeah, that that trailer looked amazing. I think we can both agree. Uh, what else have we got to talk about? It seems to have like come out of the blue for about the, <laughs> the shark is, movie came out of the blue. Not, did it? <laughs> the deep blue sea. Um, yeah, uh, that wasn't even a, even even a pun. Um, yeah, it came out like out of blue for a lot of people. It seems. People didn't know that uh, Jason was, yeah. was working on a giant shark film. Well, I mean, we've known for a couple of years because we follow his work uh, intently. Yeah, we, we we are big supporters of of Jason and his and his cinematic contributions. Yeah, so, and or uh, his 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 Argonauts. Yes, and or his his Argonauts and <laughs> his Instagram, which seems to be a lot of black and white pictures of him on a beach. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of posing. Stay from uh, torso. Yeah, a lot of um, first first pics, first yes, pictures. That's, yeah. that's that's a thing, now, isn't it? Here's a weird right. thing. When I saw um, the Titan, I did mm. notice there's a very small role in there for Diego Benita. Remember the main guy from Rock of Ages? Yes. He's the, got the new job. The, the guy that's like the equal size of Tom Cruise. About that, yeah. yeah. Um, he's got a new gig. Yes, yes, yeah. he do. Um, and he's going to start in whatever the hell this new Terminator movie is. This yeah. Terminator 3.3 version 2. The one that's going to be a direct sequel to Terminator Two. T2. Yeah, yeah. So we, we got what we call this three Terminator Three Point One. I, I guess. I guess Tim Miller will think of a good title. For I'm it, sure it probably will. Probably it will be approved lines. by James Cameron. It'll come out. James Cameron will say that it's <laughs> the greatest. It's, it's the greatest. It's, it's just a real <laughs> amazing continuation of the saga until people decide they don't like it. Then he'll distance himself from it because that's what happens. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, a film we talked about a while ago, and I think we were both quite excited about it. The collaboration between Spike Lee and Jordan Peele. Oh yeah, what was this called uh, again? Black Klansman. Black Klansman. But yeah. the uh, there's an extra K. It's one word, and there's an extra K between the end of Black and Klansman. How clever is that? See what we did there. Yeah, this has gotten a release date. It is going to be out in August now. That's so fast. That has come around yeah. uh, pretty quickly. I'm I'm very excited about that. Apparently, it's not been announced yet. It might premiere at Cannes this month. 
So, I mean, I'm anticipating really big things from that. Yeah. It's, it's not a Netflix film, is it? Uh, no, no. So I think it will actually be it's well received safe, at Cannes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what else we got? Um, TJ Miller, let's uh, bring Oh, should, should we talk about that now? Yeah, let's just get that out of the way. So please, by all means, fill us in. What did TJ Miller do now? So TJ Miller has been arrested. I don't know if he's out on bail or anything, but uh, the reason why he well, was no, he arrested... was. He was. I think he had to pay a quite a significant bail. Oh, oh, really? He was out very okay. quickly, yeah. Well, he's, he's facing some significant jail time, if this turns out to be actually true. Um, yeah, he, he was arrested because uh, he called in uh, a bomb threat. On a train? On a train in New York. Which is a pretty stupid thing to do, but yeah. okay. He, he could be facing up to five years in jail. There's been a lot of talk about TJ Miller in recent weeks because... Uh, he was under like, some, some like, harassments. Um, there was that uh, as well. Like accusations. Yeah. Well, he had that as part of Me Too. At sort of the, about three months into Me Too, stories started to come out about TJ Miller. Mm. And I think in the context of the kind of personality that was being sort of shone light on during that whole thing, it didn't come as particularly shocking in a strange way. But what especially after how he'd you know seemingly gone off the rails the last year anyway but mm. recently with silicon valley having come back there's been a lot of interviews and things with the cast and producers and his name has come up a lot because obviously this is the first season without him yes and a lot of the uh, stories now seem to be pointing towards yes he has actually gone off the rails it wasn't entirely his decision that he left the show and seems to have been pushed a little bit yeah it's, there's there's evidently been some self-destructive behavior and some gentle nudging on their part uh so, yeah, I kind of think it's entirely possible he did get messed up and then do this. I would believe it if he did it under the influence. If you told me that, I absolutely believe that. Mm. But I, I would believe it as well. But um, And it's a shame because I do think, actually, he is a very talented comedian. He is a little bit, but I don't know. He's very, very great in it. He doesn't really... I don't know if he knows how to, like, pick appropriate places to say things. I mean, he's he's very much like the Justin Lee Collins of, like, yeah. US cable shows. Very much, yes. Yeah. I think he found his sweet spot, but then he went too far over the line. And he, he didn't stop in the sweet spot yeah. long enough, tonally. And, was, that, yeah. was, was it a premiere for um, the Emoji movie? Was that the one we parachuted in? Parachuted in. Yeah. yeah. You think, yes, that's the kind of thing that works with your sort of shtick. That, that's about as far out as you should really go. But then he, he like, stayed in the suit the whole day. And yeah. just... <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, apparently Batgirl's not dead as a, as a project at Warner Brothers. I've heard that. So it was being written by Joss Whedon and then you know, not. The, the internet. Yeah. Whatever's going on with the DCEU or whatever mm-hmm. they're being called. Is it DCEU or is it... It is DCEU, yeah. Because DCAU is the animated universe, the, Tim, the Bruce Tim one, and that's actually where... DC should, you know, focus and thrive. Focus on. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, obviously just left, and uh, now we've got a new writer for that film. So apparently that film is going to happen, or they're at least going to work on it for a bit, and they're going to stop. Well, I mean, the news does get marginally worse when you look at uh, who is actually writing it, and uh, the writer of that movie is going to be uh, Christina Hudson. Um, so what, what has she done? Well, this is where you might start to worry, <laughs> um, because uh, not only has she uh, been tasked with writing this, she is um, also apparently helping to develop uh, Birds of Prey as a movie. So Birds of Prey was the uh, Catwoman, yeah, the all-female one, Poison Ivy. Oh, no, 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 that's Gotham City Sirens. Birds of Prey is, for instance, Huntress, Oracle. They're making both. Gotham City Sirens is happening. But that's David Ayer. (laughs) I know. Uh, I wish there was a way we could convey your look of utter deflation. (laughs) <laughs> because it's priceless. <laughs> but aren't they just going to be the same film? Pretty much. Why, yeah. don't you, why don't you just combine them? Or have one and then 
whatever of what was going to be habit as as like have it as the sequel. Yeah, yeah. But no, we're getting a Birds of Prey movie. So Huntress, Oracle, yeah, usual stuff. Uh, so anyway, Christina Hodgson, who is doing that, um, is responsible for writing the 2017 Catherine Heigl thriller Unforgettable. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what she was. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the I was knocked up the other day. Did you? Yeah, I was like, oh, Catherine Agle was. Yeah, she was uh, good in this. She was, she was good in, in yeah. a film once. Yeah, she still had a human soul. I think around that point. Yeah, so, and now yeah. she's crazy and apparently going to lead suits, which depresses. Yeah, because that's, that's what happens after uh, when the cast members leaves to uh, <sighs> become member of the royal family. Well, they get rid of the boyfriend character in the show as well. So you know who was actually the lead character. They're getting rid of suit. They get rid of suit. Not suit. <laughs> they get rid of suit. Yeah. Oh. Suit one and suit two. Yeah. So it's not suits anymore. It's just going to be suit. It's just going to be suit. It's going to be suit. Suit singular. It's suit and Heigl. The Adventures of Suit and Heigl. That's what suits becomes. <laughs> like, like the Adventures of Lois and Clark. Yeah. yeah. The Adventures of Suit and Heigl. Oh. Harvey Suit. That's his name. I don't want that. Um, anyway, she also wrote Bumblebee, the upcoming Transformers spin-off. So. I'm, do you know what? I'm quietly hopeful about that. Yeah, we'll see. Because we'll I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a Transformers fan. I've never particularly... I'm, like, I'm not one of these that was into like the 1980s cartoon version. I never had the toys. I What's was... really funny, if you watch... Uh, when you watch Rampage, uh, you will come away from it and think, actually, if you made a Transformers movie with that exact sensibility... Yeah, and that tone. It would play quite well as a sort yeah. of for fans of the eighty stuff, like the the childhood fans. Well, like it's, it's been it's been directed by uh, Travis Knight, who um, mm. Kubo. Kubo. K- yeah, he, he yeah. directs Kubo, but he's he's like he's the architect of Leica, isn't he? he is, and like, yeah. this is um, why. Why is he doing it? There's, there's got to be a reason, hasn't there? And like the uh, cast is really good. John Cena's in it, and Haley well, Steinfeld, yeah. uh, Palmer Adlon is in it. Yeah, but that, that's just strange. Isn't it? I can't wait. I mean, I love Pamela. Adler. Yeah, but like, is, um, is this is this like the Transformers thing of like mm. they do bring in some great actors and then <laughs> do, you know, oh, let's get Francis McDormand and John Malkovich to be yeah, in our Transformers let's, movie. Let's, let's get a, let's get a robot to uh, to piss all over uh, John Turturro. I was going to say the only person who's not had their career ruined at this point by well, not had that black mark on their career at this point by their Transformers movie is John Goodman. Then realised, wait a minute, no, no, he is in two of them. Is he just two? Is in? Or? He's in two. He's in one, and then killed off in the following one. Well, then he's also uh, he's he's a transformer. So he's, he's, a transformer. Yeah, he's, so, yeah, he's not like he's not the requisite yeah. human character. And uh, yeah, so Zoe Saldana um, mm. th- this week uh, became she, uh, she became the woman I want to divorce someday. She did. <laughs> yeah. What an accolade! She uh, she she just became the greatest woman in the world this last week. Um, when during press rounds, presumably for Avengers: Infinity War, yeah, they, they've just started. Really, hmm. just started. Yeah. When doing quite a nice, luxuriant, high end spread for one, I think it might have been Marie Claire Vogue, something mm. like that. Um, she casually brought in that the academic film world that loves to heap praise on Oscar-winning movies are basically snobs and elitists because of the way they look down on superhero films. Then went as far as to say... Whenever we do this, do all the charity work we do and we see the kids' faces light up, suck on that. Yes, Zoe. Yes. Yes. To which she says, you don't know what these films mean to those kids. So, you know what, in all respects, shut your mouth. She's a really good voice for that discussion, though. She is. Because, like... I, right, I, I don't like Avatar, and I don't think you're not a massive fan of Avatar. I'm not a ma- massive Avatar fan, no. But just looking at it's her... Fine. Per- it's, fine. it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's just fine. But her performance... It's great, isn't it? It's great. Mm. And, yeah, she really just... She, she embodies that character. And whatever she does with Gamora as well, but she she completely transforms her whole body. And not not just because of CGI, obviously. I have a piece of film news that I want to ask. Not film news specifically, but mm. it does relate to a film, and I want to ask you about it. And I've deliberately not texted you or messaged you about it. Okay. Uh, because I want to see your face when I ask it. Right. What do you make of the news that ABC are going to gender flip High Fidelity as a TV show? 
uh, I think there's going to be a lot less uh, Cosby sweaters. That's what I think. <laughs> Good answer. Thank Good you. answer. Yeah, I was going to text you as well, but then uh, <laughs> did you think I'm, I'm going to wait and ask? Him? <laughs> I was, I was, I was too angry. It's just why, 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 why? I, I mean, the the thing of high fidelity is that it is a male story. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a male. I had, this, I had this conversation the other day with, mm. with my wife. Yeah, there are enough equivalent female stories in the world that belong to other titles. Yeah. Taking high fidelity and doing it seems odd. Why don't you do like a Disney show version of like I don't know Empire Records or something like that? Yeah, arguably yes, very yeah. similar thing. Yeah, if, Empire if, Records and that's got like, a fan base. Absolutely, it yeah. does. Yeah, and I heard. I think they're turning that into a musical or like like a stage. You kidding me? Really? I'm sure I heard that recently. Oh man, I'll be first in line. Rex yeah. Manning Day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, no, 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 not at all. No, I don't agree with it at all. And also, no. I'm like, what? What? What are the, what are the bloody music choices going to be? There's going to be no mention of like Beta Band or like Velvet Underground, Bell or, and Sebastian, or Bell and Sebastian. There'll be, there'll be none of that. Uh, uh, it's the new film. It's the new song by Bell and Sebastian. <laughs> Yeah. Have you got by the Stevie Wonder song, uh, I just called to uh, say I love you? Do we look like, was it, uh, do we look like, uh, do we look like, we have, go to the mall? Yeah. <laughs> What's your problem? <laughs> There's no way she likes that song. Yeah. Oh, is she, is she, is she in a coma? <laughs> we, I we, love that we movie. Could, we could just reenact that whole film. We, we could. My yeah. dream in life has always been to do a one-man show stage adaptation of High Fidelity. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm 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 too vain to to really <laughs> commit myself to it. We're about to be called uh, Captain Turner Overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> you've always loved entire time I've known you. You've loved High Fidelity. Yeah, uh, I'll never stop loving oh, High Fidelity. F- f- film that is just never going to see the light of day. Let's talk about the man who killed Don Quixote. <gasps> Did you watch the trailer for it? I have. And first of all. I, I, I mean, I just wanted to call people straight away yeah, and just celebrate. It's, it's, it's the, happening. Yeah. The, the world is ending. I've, I've seen footage from the man who killed Don Quixote by Terry Gilliam. Yeah. This has finally happened. Stick a fork in me. I'm done. Yeah. Um, apparently, the guy who wanted to fund it initially, but then didn't. It was this the guy that he met in a pub or something? I think something like that, who offered to fund it, but then didn't. Do you remember? We're, we're He's now claiming he owns it, isn't he? Oh, is it? Is it I know there's some, there's some kind of roadblock that's stopping it mm. from release, even though it's now been made. There's a trailer... Yeah. Well, this is apparently it is to do with. Come on, Nev. We, we just need Netflix. We need Netflix to just buy it. Well, Amazon have it, don't they? Oh, do they? Yeah, yeah. Amazon have the ha- have the rights on. I think Gilliam's end. But uh, right, this is the idea. So, in 2016, Terry Gilliam and producer Paolo Branco. That's the guy. Yeah. Right. They made, they reached an agreement in which Branco would fund the film. Right. And Terry Gilliam would, as such, have complete creative freedom on it. In exchange, the rights would belong to Paolo Branco. Right. However, Mm. Branco delivered no funding of any kind in the end. Like, literally did not give him a penny towards it. So So Gilliam then moved on, found other people to fund it, and made the film. Branco is now claiming that, no, I own it. But how can he claim to own it when he hasn't contributed anything to it? Well, exactly. Now, the thing is, because they never dissolved the agreement, even oh. though Braulo, Branco never actually you know, moved on it. This would make a good film in itself. It kind of would, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it really would. But it'll never get made, because... Uh, Terry Gilliam, yeah. yeah. I feel like if we ever get to see this movie have a premiere, someone's going to sabotage Terry Gilliam's break lines on the way to the premiere, just to ensure that oh, this no, has to end as There's going to be, we'll be, like, we'll be like a wave of flying pigs, but we'll uh, go straight into the cinema. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. Four horsemen. Uh, yeah, flying pigs on top of four horsemen. Oh, uh, a poor Adam Driver. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, um, I mean, the, the eventual cast that they got is really good. Well, yeah. Um, speaking of amazing casts, by the way, there was a movie announced this week. I'm just pulling it up now because I don't remember the exact details. I just remember it being amazing. Right, okay. Dwayne John, uh, not Dwayne Johnson, the other actor turned wrestler, Dave Batista. <gasps> right. I, I know, you know the news. Yeah, yeah. I know the news. Okay, yeah. so what's the film called? <laughs> um, Stuba. Stuba. Okay. So Batista plays a determined detective who commandeers an unsuspecting Uber and its driver named Stu over one night of hijinks and mayhem. So basically, that sounds like collateral with a good guy instead of an assassin. Yeah. Comedy collateral. And the Uber driver is Kumail Nanjiani. Yeah. And Iko Uwe is in it yeah, from the rain. He's going to be like a like a villain bad guy type. Right. Sign me up. This sounds amazing. I'm it's so written. In. It's written by the brilliantly named Tripper Clancy. Oh my god, that is that's great. That is oh amazing. Jonathan Daly and uh, John Francis Daly. Uh, Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly. Oh, of, uh, are Vacation producing. and Spider Man and yeah, Flash they're producing. Yeah. I mean, but that is great. You've got me. Yeah. Uh, you, you've absolutely got me. I mean, I've just got the title actually. You've Stuber. I've just got it. He's yeah. an Uber driver called Stu. Genius. Yeah. I'm, I'm in just on the title. Yeah, that's quite clever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's a Fox movie, so expect an R rating. Expect, you know, decent budget. Yeah. Have, have, we, have we got a release date for it? Um, do you know what? No, I don't think we actually do. But, Come yeah. on. Okay. I want it. STX apparently have also gotten writers for a presently untitled family action comedy starring Batista as a hardened CIA dete- operative who finds himself at the mercy of a precocious nine year old. This is a different film. That's a different film. What is Batista doing? This is great. This, this is great. I mean, I do yeah. feel like he's enacting a little bit of sort of The Rock 10 years ago, but... A little bit, yeah. Little he's, bit. He's, he's kind of catching up. But, yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm I, good with I that. Need, I need Batista, Rock, and John Cena <laughs> in a film together. I want Three Men and a Baby remade. With Batista, Cena, and, uh, and Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, and no, we can get... Who can we... I'm going to get Kevin Hart as my baby. Wait, wait, wait. What if, right? The movie is Three Men and the Baby, yeah. right? But all three of the men are like wrestlers. Yeah, of course. So yeah, their house is just covered did. in like gym equipment and and, yeah. and protein powder and things like that, whey powder and stuff like that. And they all have to be like mums, essentially. Oh, this is... Oh, my God. Let's sell Come this. On. Does anyone have seven bucks as email address? Because we really need to pitch that. Yeah, and they, they make like seven films a week. Yeah, so exactly. Somebody get me Danny Garcia. Right, <laughs> right, remake news that made me want to vomit. And, and I, you know, that, that happens so often, admittedly. Yeah, though. I mean, we've, yeah. we've just talked about the high fidelity one. Well, yeah. Um, so, uh, they're remaking Jagged Edge. The 1985 Richard Marquand thriller. Right, so I, I don't really know Jack about right, That one. Okay, it was written by Joe Esterhaas. It starred Halle Berry and Jeff... Uh, sorry, it starred uh, Glenn Close and Jeff Bridges. Of course, Glenn Close was in it. Yeah. Halle Berry's going to lead the remake. No. Yeah. Uh, don't know why. Don't know why you'd even bother to try and remake it. It was great as it was. Um, it's still a classic of it, of its sort of now forgotten genre. Yeah, they're going to uh, drop the they're going to drop the sort of erotic side of it quite I mean, clearly. So, so it's it's an erotic thriller. Of course, of course, you it doesn't double it doesn't double down on the eroticism the way that it's it, it's its rival projects did. The original had uh, Robert Lozier. What R as in Robert Lozier? Yeah. O oh, as, as in, in oh, oh my god, god it's Robert, Robert Lozier. Lozier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> B as in believe it's Robert Lozier. Yeah. Uh, Glenn Close uh, is a handsome woman. She, uh, yeah. I would describe her as a handsome woman indeed. Yeah. I have seen her play a man, and she was also a handsome man. Uh, Albert Knobs. Yes. With, yeah, uh, Al- uh, Albert with knobs on. Yeah, Albert with knobs on, yes. <laughs> we are bad people. Uh, by the way, you remember a long, uh, long while ago it was revealed that Saudi Arabian cinemas were going to open for the first time in 35 years with the Emoji Movie? 
Yeah. That's changed. Yeah, they've got a new better film. Yes. Yeah. And that's going to be Black Panther. It is. Of course it is. And uh, that'll be followed by Infinity War. Well, the funny thing is as well, um, they're also going to buck another trend with this, with the release of Black Panther. They are, for the first time in the history of Saudi Arabia, going to allow their cinemas to have intermixed male and female seating. Uh-huh. Ah. Yes, that's... Wow. That's, a, that's, that's a massive deal. very progressive, but there's been a lot of this in the news recently because... Saudi Arabia are undergoing something of a rebranding. What, as a as a nation? Well, this is where it gets funny, because Dwayne Johnson's involved. It's, yeah. only, it's only right that we end with Dwayne Johnson. It, it? it really like, is. I, let's tie it together. I've not got the specifics to hand. Right, but about a week ago, Dwayne Johnson posted a picture of the uh, a, a new young figure from the uh, Saudi royal, uh, royal political sphere, and basically revealed that he and several other named players had been at a function <laughs> with this Saudi royal. John Cena. And enjoying yeah. listening to him, him, him talk about and actually interacting with him about media and perception of his mm. country. And wow. Like, wow, okay. But it was like really big names that were there with Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. I don't know who else was there. Well, I mean, I can pull it up, but it'd, it'd take too long. But yeah, and you think Dwayne Johnson is literally changing the world one industry at a time. So he is running for president, man. <laughs> well, actually, that came up in the uh, Rolling Stone interview in which he oh, said... Oh, did he come up again? He did yeah. say he had taken meetings with political consultants. He said, I'm not taking those meetings because I want to run for president. I'm taking them to learn stuff. Yeah. He well, says, that's I'm taking it because good. 30 years from now I might want to run for president. He might, yeah. And I just want well, how, to learn how old is, he now? Is, he, is he like 45 or something? Yeah, I think he's about that, isn't he? <laughs> if he had like 45, 48, somewhere in that state. That little, say, yeah. say he has another like 10 years being mm. the rock in films. Yeah. Making the... Yeah, just making films that everyone seems to just really just, just <laughs> really enjoy well. him in. Yeah. Well, Juman- isn't Jumanji now Sony's highest grossing ever movie? It is, yeah. Because good. Yeah, yeah, good. And then... He, he runs. He runs for office somewhere. He runs for senate. He becomes com, comes like a councilman or something. Yeah, absolutely. Or... You could see Senator Johnson and then President Johnson, couldn't you? Absolutely. But it, uh... I mean, nothing. Nothing is outside the uh, realm of possibility now. No, no. no uh, oh. Some people have uh, smashed the glass ceiling of uh, being a prick. I'm trying to think what the catchphrase in that same Rolling Stone interview. It is revealed that Dwayne Johnson has a catchphrase uh, in which he's he, got a few. Whenever he takes on a project, his mantra is "dominate and elevate." Which I think is phenomenal. So apparently Brad mm. Payton goes to him with the idea for Rampage. By the way, in the movie Rampage, those two awful villains, Maylon Ackerman and Jake Lacey, mm. in the background of their office have a Rampage arcade cabinet. Not cool. even kidding. And it's lit up the entire time. You can see it. It's yeah. Rampage and Pac-Man. Anyway, um, yeah, apparently they went to him with the idea of, of Rampage as a movie. And he's like, okay, let's dominate and elevate. Like, well, what does that mean? Says, does mean? Well, first of all, we got to own this concept. we got to absolutely get it in this concept. we got to absolutely dominate every aspect of it. And then we are got to elevate it to the next level. You're like, holy crap, that's actually a really good mantra. Like, i got to use that. I mean, but, you can't but, use but it. still, what does it mean? So, like, just the dominate part. <laughs> dominate means absolutely it's, take off. And elevate yeah. means make it better make than it, it better. should be. Take it on, be committed, and yeah. make the best possible version of it. Well, I should mention he says this more or less straight after he says about having different working philosophies than Vin Diesel. Yeah, because Vin Diesel is getting a car. Yeah. yeah. Well, be a candy ass. So, yeah, apparently, apparently yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So. If, if you can be like a giant man who is a who is a candy ass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, God, I, I, I'm still waiting for Two Fairy versus The Pacifier. That's so... Uh, <laughs> That's what I want to see. <laughs> you can't have too many Johnsons in one flick, man. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but, by the way, did you notice two weeks ago there was an honest trailer for Jumanji? Uh, Welcome I did. To the jungle? I did. Um, they actually finally acknowledged something that I kept forgetting to bring up every time we ever spoke about Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. And we've spoken a lot. And that is the market, uh, the market vendor is the dude from Too Many Cooks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and we all like no one, none of us brought it up when the film was out, and every time I saw the movie, yeah. I kept thinking, "Too many cooks." The guy was like, "Cake, delicious cake." <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, but yeah. it never seemed to come up again, and I was of like, "Oh, it's that's disappointing." Yeah. But uh, yeah, so anyway, too many cooks guy is in Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. Uh, thanks, Alice Trails, for reminding us of that. Yeah, they've been doing a, uh, a good job recently. Yes, yes, they have. Well, they've they've had events to make, and presumably new leadership. Yeah, I saw. At the end of the uh, the Great Showman trailer, there's they're yeah. doing a thing with uh, what's the organisation? It's, it's some kind of like women's lib kind of thing. Women in film, women in, f- yeah, women in film, really good. yeah, yeah. Because I believe Kate Muir, who used to be the film critic for the time, she works a lot with women in film in the UK. That's amazing. So, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I think they, that might have been a contractual thing following certain events. <laughs> Certain people that certain people on this show might have met one time. Yeah, yeah about yeah. that. I don't ever look at that. That photo is still in my phone. Yes, yeah, I is, don't look at it. Yeah, we're not in any way affiliated with. No, no, we're not. No, we're not. We we, we 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 screw up entirely on our own. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need your help. We don't need anyone else's help to screw yeah. up. We can do that on our own. <laughs> so, on which note, uh, yeah, speaking of screwing up all on his own, let's uh, let's let's uh, bring it to a close for the week and give it up to uh, literally the Oscar-winning king of screw ups. Yeah, from the film. Uh, what? what? What was it? The uh, leaving Las Vegas on? He's, he's, he's drunk. With oh, I'm drunk and you're a prostitute. Yep. Nick Cage. I mean, when I, when I was, you know, very young, I was always shocked that uh, when I went to a hospital and the doctor checked me out that I didn't have green blood and 12 ribs or more ribs. I mean, I, was, I thought I was from another planet. Right. So it's never going to be just like what everyone else does.